Skipper, you were late today. You said you had a uh, yeah. you had an excuse. I need stories. I have an excuse. Sorry. Sorry. Not, it's not sorry. a story. Sorry. He need we need an explanation. I'm sorry. Stories. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so you know how I said like I've been doing weird magic shits for real randomly for some reason. Magic shits. You know, oh yeah, whatever. you're manifesting your wizardness. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. So I don't know if that was this or what, but man, I went through like a time dilation time portal today. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I got in the shower. Mm-hmm. I put on some Ritual House. They're sick. Yeah, it's a good oh, choice. Hell yeah. I was washing my hair, listened to Ritual House, listened to like three songs, mm-hmm. rinsed my hair out, got out of the shower. It was 11.45. I went in there at 10.30. I don't know how the fuck that happened in three Ritual House songs, but I traveled through time. Those are not long songs. No, they're. I mean, they're like three, four minutes sometimes, but that's not an hour and 15 minutes. What? Experiment 626 is exhibiting uh, no! <laughs> tendency. I demand to see the documentation. <laughs> the Biden administration has put in a bill that if you are publicly funded research, you have to release your research immediately and not hide it behind a paywall anymore. Oh, yay. Which is good news. But yeah. Yeah. I demand to see the data. <laughs> this isn't publicly funded. I, I, I'm filing a Freedom Information Act. I would argue that the consensus is, is 1,000% publicly funded <laughs> and ran. Yeah, yeah. We're not consensus yet. Are you are, are you getting government money? Are you getting a grant? Monday. Money. I need more caffeine. Government monkey? Monkey. No, this is my own personal. Uh-huh. But yeah, so that's why I was late. Oh, that's okay. Time so, is I... bullshit and the points don't matter. Yes. Uh... But I'm glad you arrived at the space and time that we call Blank Bodies. Oh my god. A Vampire the Masquerade V5 horror and tabletop podcast. Skipper, why do you have a pill bottle full of cream? <laughs> it's the easiest way to transport lotion. I don't have a squirt <laughs> bottle. No, it's not! <laughs> I just squirt a bunch of lotion in here and bam, I got a, okay. a lotion carrier. Problem is, I pulled this out of a travel kit, didn't look at it, thought it was lotion. It's conditioner. Do you not, you don't label your thing? How many, okay, honestly though, how many D&D games have we played where I've played some sort of arcane-based caster and I have screamed at the fact that so many people that claim to be intellectuals, wizards, don't label their fucking potions, (laughs) so you're constantly having to cast identify, and I'm like, what the fuck? And yet here you are in our world. So the travel kit thing was a last minute thing Mm because I forgot to pack some conditioner when we went to Hawaii last year. Okay. And so it was just like a "Ah, squirt, throw it in there. Cool. The lotion is on purpose because I don't have like a lotion-y squirt bottle thing. And putting it in like any other kind of container, it's hard to get your finger in there to like get the... Lotion out. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't think that the lotion and the conditioner would look the same color because the conditioner is very yellow, the lotion is white. They're in pill bottles that are yeah. like translucent orange, so it's just going to color shift everything. Look, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about moving through time in a really weird way. This That's morning. okay. We'll we'll <laughs> forgive you for your time dilation. I don't know if your tattoo's going to forgive you. Oh, but I didn't like, put any of that on there. I was getting it out because it was like it's about that time. I was like, oh man, it's getting kind of itchy. Do we need a Do we need a pause so you can get lotion for that? No, I'll be fine. Oh, okay, I'll just complain. And these are our longest intro credits. Yeah. yeah. With... I, so I, I'm Sarah, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Hunter. Oh, I'm John. And we got the Lord Bot. James. Yeah. So sorry about that, everyone. Uh, so good news though, uh, time in the world is ending, so we don't have to fuck with this shit anymore. Yes. Sick. All right. Hell yeah. Killer. Fucking. I've been talking about it for long enough. Right. So we're finally getting, we've gotten to the point where we can now talk about Gehenna. Gehenna. Yes. I... Dun, 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 dun. 
I am really excited. I've been prepping for this one for a while. Yeah. I have about 10 construction buckets full of uncooked macaroni and cheese. I've been stocking up on like jugs of water and Alex Jones vitamin pills, and I'm ready. The you brain force? Do you bath yet? I think... <laughs> I just not gonna do that. <laughs> I think that will only be applicable in maybe a nope that werewolf apocalypse. That's not gonna work. Yeah. The well, apocalypse. No. You maybe mage. There might be a mage apocalypse. Well, that might be applicable. on that note because uh, we have some show notes. Uh, well, I'm also I've also got all the aluminum foil that I've been soaking in essential oils to make into a nice hat. Boom. Less good, we're but immune. yeah, show note, real quick, guys. Uh, we were talking about Gehenna specifically in the World of Darkness canon. Yeah. Every game line has its own apocalypse scenario with its own convoluted levels of bullshit. So uh, if you want us to talk about those, we can do that later. We're focusing mm-hmm. on vampire now. Yep, because again, surprisingly, as much as the uh, old world games were supposed to function together, all of their end scenarios did not. No, yeah. they mm-hmm. each had their own. And I would actually say that vampires is probably the most convoluted of all of them. <laughs> yeah, because at least with the werewolf, it's just you lose. Yeah. That's, that, that's, I, I'm sorry, guys. We, we can do that script, but breaking it down, it's you lose. Yeah, if you read the Book of Nod, they acknowledge that the werewolf apocalypse is basically just kind of, uh, they're going to all die, and then they tear each other apart, and then they're dead. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of TLDR yeah. on that. But, yeah, so we're focusing on the vampire Gehenna end time things. Also, uh, there's a lot of wiggle room in this because of the nature of prophecy. Yeah, because a lot of these prophecies are from, like... In canon, thousands of years ago, written into very ancient ancient languages, some of them very much dead. Uh, I think one of the main ones we're going off of is, like, the Book of Nod, which was, like... Tens of thousands of years ago, fucking prophesied. Well, again, as we said in our Book of Not episode, mm. transcribed by Solot, said by Yeah, Kane. and maybe possibly filtered through some people within the Camarilla, da 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 So because of that, uh, if we miss your favorite aspect or have a different take than what you prefer at your table... Let please, us know. Please let us know. Also, we are not the uh, main arbiters of the canon for world of darkness anything we are hacks and frauds and you can kind of do stuff at your own table you can borrow our ideals and run with them you can talk about these things on the social medias with us amongst your friends or yell at each other at your own table that's fine you're adults i would hope i'm just always going to quote the seven c rules gm rules there are no rules gm rule two cheat anyways yeah go with what you're going with so those are the big notes. We're trying to focus on vampire. Also, prophecy is wibbly. Mm-hmm. Wibbly wobbly. And there's a lot, and I'm not going to get, I physically cannot get to everything and have this be a oh, concise yeah. fucking episode, because then it will just turn to a Pepe Sylvia board. Yeah, we tried we our technically best. have room for two of those. We do right. now in our <laughs> great new recording studio. But yes. Uh, this is where I ate dinner. I was about to say Hunter's living room? Dining room? Yes. Uh, so what is an apocalypse story? Um, a story where the world ends. Basically, it's stories that deal with the aftermath of a catastrophic event that devastates humanity. Uh, there are no limits to what can cause the damage in this genre as long as it results in the extreme deterioration of the quality of life and society as a whole. Yeah, so the world doesn't ha- necessarily have to end. Everyone dies 
cut to black end credits, but it has to be so devastating that it completely changes the function and order of society that lives within that world. If microwaves gained sentience and uh, learned how to shoot their microwaves out at people, that would be an apocalypse situation. Could it could be. end up being, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's called maximum overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, example stories of this is like book revelations in the Bible. Uh, things like I Am Legend and Parable of the Sower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that, where it's like, uh, a bunch of shit ends up fucked up, but there's still, like, Mad Max. There's people doing stuff. It doesn't have to be. The world is deplete of everything. Though it can be, if you want. Yeah, because humans survive like cockroaches, so, like, I mean, it's gotta take a lot to just... We are kind of tough. We are kind of tough. I, I, I own, sometimes I get a little squidgy with those comp comparisons because it leads into like weird eco-fascist thought but that is a whole other fucking episode stories like this generally are responses to changing socio-political landscapes serving as both entertainment and a warning of possible futures to come so these are notes from end of the world as we know it apocalyptic post-apocalyptic and dystopian works by amanda pagan it's a good little article with a bunch of books for reference in the article if you're interested in this topic more so yeah, a lot of times when things are in society tumultuous and kind of crazy and it feels like everything's gonna going crazy and getting upended and the, the planet is dying, people tend to write stories that mirror that and try to process the trauma. I like it. Yeah, I have no idea how that is. Uh, <laughs> Books from this age are going to be great. Yeah, yeah people, people on AOE writing fanfics, some of those might get published into great literary works. I don't know. <laughs> That's how I got Twilight. Yeah, literally. So in the 20th century, in dealing with the very tumultuous changes uh, in response to World War I, we got Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Hey. Hey. Good books. Good time. Uh, World War II gave us nuclear era sci-fi. So, you know, like Day There Stood Still and, you know, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman mm-hmm. and Godzilla. I like all of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All good times. Yeah. Uh, the Cold War gave us comics like The Watchmen and movies like Dr. Strangelove. Also rad. Now we're starting to get into the kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, the 90s, with the fall of the Soviet Union, Y2K, and right-wing extremism, we get things like, you know, the Matrix. Yeah. I would also put um, the 90s, and especially now, you have the people who are kind of, I don't know a better way to call it than, like, the death of spiritualism. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, like, one of the major vibes of, like, mage, but it's something you can see in a lot of, like... Uh, culture at the time is essentially like humanity because of technology not that technology takes everything but humanity completely disconnects from like any form of spirituality and that leaves to leads to like a downfall of some sort <laughs> yeah i had uh actually when i was editing the script i ended up watching a really good video uh called atunche's the metamorphosis of prime intellect oh yeah yeah I like yeah atunche is great but yeah his breakdown on you know Prime Intellect, the the that's apparently like just a free dystopian uh, novel about AI getting so advanced it basically takes over consciousness for humans and people are going into virtual realities instead of re- living in the real world and mm-hmm. it's kind of the basis for a lot of dystopian sci-fi we have now. Um, and you know, time is a flat circle and humanity escapes and then you know has to rebuild society and they go back to building computers again that do the exact same fucking thing and. Mm. It, the story's a downer, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I dig that. So you get that, and then, you know, just a lot of media that we have today kind of is a response to just, like, techno horror and, you know, political just, ah, 
Yeah, I mean, there's I have no mouth and I must scream. Definitely falls into that category too. Mm-hmm. That's like an all-time classic. Am. Yeah. yeah. God, I can't remember what article I read, but somebody misinterpreted that book too, being like, "Oh yes, the benevolent machine." I'm like, the story is about that machine torturing the last five humans alive because it's like fuck humanity. It's like I just want to see what happens. Poke, poke, poke. It's just it's- like. <laughs> I've decided to be cruel. Yeah, and it's that kind of uh, media climate that World of Darkness originates in in 91 and proceeds on into the 21st century where we have climate change, pandemics, transhumanism, and the forever raging war on terror. And now we also have the war in Ukraine and just, ah. uh, Yeah. I love how the Batman quote about you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's pretty much the war on terror where it's like, we're here to stop terrorism. I'm like, you have decided to become terrorism. I mean, the U.S. government had been doing that for decades prior. Just, you know, Operation Condor and School of the Americas insert half of the playlist for Behind the Bastards. Yeah. I actually have been really getting into like war on terror era media and uh, there's a really good podcast. I think it's on two seasons now that kind of dissects the his- the timeline of like 9/11 through our invasion and the media at the time and how people were talking about it. I- it's called Blowback. Yeah, um, I would recommend that. But uh, it's really interesting, like because I that is a side of like U.S. culture that I was always on the opposite of, like the mm-hmm. uh, war on terror, like um, apocalyptic terrorist like fear. Mm-hmm. media but there's one i was reading the other day i believe it's called terror network it's mm-hmm. actually a tabletop that... role-playing game oh shit um where you play as uh like swat and like seals and stuff trying to stop like terror attacks it's wild i don't know if i can recommend it especially for play but it is definitely an interesting time capsule yeah and if you kind of another good uh kind of time capsule study of media in that time period which is what kind of leads to how we are now. Um, Lindsay Ellis did like a two-part series on the media 9-11 on mm-hmm. her channel that's really, really good, especially if you're a little older than millennials and you're trying to understand why we have the humor that we do. And also if you're a baby and you don't remember 9-11 and you're just like, why are the millennials crazy? Why are they so cringy? I don't get it. I'm like, watch this. That that will explain 90% of it. Yeah, Yeah, because again, <laughs> like the Gen Z are like, Oh, we were born in a total shit world. Millennials are like, I remember the before times. Like, we were promised things were going to be chill because we defeated communism and history was over. Like, remember when motherfuckers in the late 90s were like, oh, yeah, we're at the end of history. And I'm just like sitting there as a child going, no, no. You're yeah, at that's the end of history. Yeah, it and was like the calm before the storm. We were literally in the eye of the storm. And it was just like, <laughs> what, what's going to go on? The towers are going to fall and everything's going to be shit. I mean, that was essentially a neoliberal, um, like, hyper-confidence thing where they said, the world has, like, basically perfected capitalist. We have perfected unending, never-halting um, uh, growth. And so the U.S. and other countries will just all continue to grow and because everyone is growing and prospering there will not really be any major historic battles or anything left to happen because there's only good things in our future we've right. solved racism yeah okay. <laughs> and we hadn't even had a black president yet. right like oh god uh just codifying women's rights nah we good we don't need to ratify the equal rights amendment we anyway never do that yeah so Keeping that stuff in mind, 
kind of interesting how some of that mirrors into apocalyptic writing and world of darkness. So, mm. you know, if you're interested in themings and, you know, worried about like consent and tables, here's the background information for Ayo. all of that bullshit. Ayo. Yeah, Cause they even say that in one of the books where they're just like, Hey, world of darkness is like a very darker version of our world in the old world. That's what they said. I'm not saying this now. I think they're just trying to be like, well, it's just kind of like our world at this point. Yeah, uh, there's been some writers for uh, World of Darkness that have put things on Twitter where they're just like, you know, when we started this, we wanted our gaming stuff to be the world but darker so people could like write stories and explore humanity. And now they're just kind of looking at the world going, well, it it, just, it's about on par now. Yeah. Oopsies. <laughs> what, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, they're like, we can't make it darker or it's just going to be offensive. <laughs> right. So now it's a game where you can explore humanity and maybe in your own small way uh, try to get a con- nexus of control and use that as a seed to plant a better future. Yeah. At least that's my philosophy on it. Well, let's go on to the key terms. But yeah, we have some key terms because it's going to come up over and over again. Yeah. And if you missed some of our previous episodes, here's yeah. a refresher. Because we've literally said Gehenna over and over again. And, and never defined it. It's the, yeah, it's the end of the world scenario where the antediluvians will rise up and devour the descendants along with the other events. Yeah, so Gehenna is the end of the world scenario in Vampire. Yep. Uh, when somebody says final nights, it's the time right before Gehenna mm-hmm. and is filled with omens of the coming end. Ooh, yep. Ooh spooky. Speaking of the pheromone. Yes. Yeah. And in World of Darkness, I would also add that people have been theorizing in-universe and out that the game has never really existed outside of the final nights that like the first book comes out 1991 or two, mm-hmm. the final nights have begun. Yeah. Now, if you play dark ages, it's different, but yeah, dark ages is fun, but I feel like that's just kind of a thing that's been done through like even dark ages. I feel like it was, where yeah. it was like, Gehenna is nigh. It's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Just like all it, end of days prophecies. Yeah. It's very mirroring, uh, Christian, other religious, uh, groups that constantly have this the the world is gonna end soon mm-hmm. and dark ages it kind of makes sense but it's a little time wonky because there was a lot of end of the world concerns around the year 1000 because we're humans like round fucking numbers mm-hmm. for some reason yeah even though but, we made up the numbers yeah but dark ages is set in like 1240 something so it's kind of like 1240 something so it's a little like well, you're a little late but like <laughs> For historical reference, Dark Ages happens literally right before Braveheart happens. So everybody knows what the timeline is. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anyways, yes. Uh, the scenarios for Gehenna and the Final Nights in the canon are described and referenced in the Book of Nod, the Ulysses Fragments, and the Revelations of the Dark Mother, which is like Book of Nod, but for Bahari cultists. And we will get into that later. Oh. Uh, it's also in the Gehenna book, too. Well, no, no, no. These are the in canon. Mm-hmm. books and tomes that like exist for the characters oh, in the yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, these books also exist in our realm that you can use as reference. And there's also, uh, if you want more details in the old world, there is literally a book called Gehenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also the time of thin blood also has information. If you want that for character ST notes, uh, Beckett's Jihad diary references a lot of this shit and is the bridge between old and new. And in the newer books, we are referencing stuff from the core book, Chicago by Night, Sabat the Black Hand, and also Forbidden Religions. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, other keynotes, two more. 
Uh, antediluvians. Mm -hmm. Technically, is any kindred old enough to have survived the Great Flood? Yeah. In common usage, it's just used to refer to clan founders. Mm -hmm. They're usually the third gens, the the lowest of the uh, the lowest of the generations. Yeah, there are a handful of like four and five gens that technically were around before the flood in the canon, but no. this is academic splitting here's. Nodism mm -hmm. is the study of lore relating to Cain and Enoch. Mm -hmm. In common usage in the game vernacular, it refers to uh, often religious nodists who study and worship Cain as a uh, you know Cain daddy, God angel savior but there's also secular nodists who are just historians yeah i was about to say isn't uh beckett himself just a nodist uh well uh, yes yeah he's a nodist but he's not religious he's yeah just a scholar yeah he's an interesting counterpoint in the canon because he is a nodist he studies the history and the lore but he doesn't think that god is real nor does he kind of accept a lot of uh just you know magic thinking kind of stuff and tends to his thoughts tend to align with more archaeological anthropological thinking in our world and doesn't he also believe that Cain probably didn't actually exist yeah yep. yeah he thinks like Cain is kind of similar to uh like the story of Gilgamesh like there was not a Gilgamesh there might have been a ancient hero king way back in the day and then the story of Gilgamesh is just kind of a retelling of that to the point now it's become a mythos hmm but he's like, I don't think Cain's a real guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Cain is an archetypical figure of some ancient leader from tens of thousands of years ago that has just continued on. And, right. Mm -hmm. And now some people worship him for some reason, and that's silly. Or that. is it? <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into uh, Gehenna and its portents, who wants to read the very dramatic quote? Yeah, I'll do. Go for it. I was like, who's the drama? Feel free to edit. I would say for funsies, if you want to edit in like dramatic music and thunderclaps over this, go for it. Okay, I can do that. Hell yeah. Quiet. Hear the ravens cry. The stillness of the wind rising hot on the street. The towers hide the darkness of the day. The world will turn cold, and unclean things will boil up from the ground, and great storms will roll, lightning will light, fires, animals will fester in their bodies, twisted will fall. So that's one of, of the prophecies from Book of Nod. Yeah. It's pretty metal. I dig it. Alright, so things that were, that we are breaking this down into as best we can, things that are acknowledged in the canon mm -hmm. that have happened. But this first part is stuff that's from previous editions that has ramifications in V5. Yep. So, uh, werewolves attacking major cities. Mm -hmm. uh, note the War of Chicago. I believe I talked about this in the history episode, part one and two we did a while ago. I believe I you think did. so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Lupines attacked many other cities around this time in the 90s. It was a major plot point for people to be like, ah, oh, these goddamn Lupines. No. Get off my lawn. But then the Lupines are like, yeah, but uh, my CR is way higher than yours, Squish. <laughs> so. My CR is way higher than some low levels. And then a Methuselah gets up and is just like, get off my lawn. Yeah. So the prophecies in the Book of Nod speak of a time when Lupines will become sick. And instead of dying, will fight seeking out vampires for slaughter. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Which does kind of yes and what Hunter had mentioned about Lupines having rage issues in their segments of the books. So yeah. And just... Not liking vampires in general. No, no, they're mm -hmm. worm taint. Why? Why would you stand that? 
So, yeah, we'll have more details about that when the werewolf book drops for V5, but that's what you got for now. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that's uh, definitely brought up in the older books, but hasn't really come up in the new ones, is the last daughter of Eve. (laughs) So, in the prophecies, uh, there's descriptions of, like, it's very similar to Revelations, where there's death and destruction and things being torn apart. In kind of aping that, there is a savior figure in this called the last daughter of Eve, uh, who is supposed to be literally the last mortal woman, and she's supposed to be the judgment person of all sentient things at the end of Gehenna. Hmm. So it's kind of little Jesus figurey, and she'll be known by the mark of the moon. That is extraordinarily vague. Could be a birthmark, could be a tattoo of like a literal moon, could be burned during a certain phase of the moon, could be a Malkavian, could be a Lupine, kinfolk. It's it's left to a lot of interpretation. Uh, That actually gets brought up in the Gehenna book. Uh, Again, interpret however you will. In canon lore, she is actually shepherded over by uh, Lilith. She is a thin blood, and the reason why she is special and considered to be the one who should judge all vampire kind is... She's a thin blood who's pregnant. Yeah, in Old World, and this is there's a segment about this in Beckett's Jihad Diary where uh, there are thin bloods who get so thin they are capable of being prognant. Yeah, but she was supposed to be the only one in, yeah. in Old World. Yeah. yeah. So there's some lore information about a damn fear, which would be a thin blood banging a normal mortal and making one of these little uh, mixed supernatural being peoples and that would what a damn fear would be which is supposed to be a problem Hmm. uh a lot of this feels like blood quantum racism allegory stories so you know handle that appropriately at your table please uh there are a few options of who this last daughter of eve could be in the old world notes all of them have been thin-blooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them works as a herald uh, of the court in Cairo, and Cairo is a city that has a caitiff prince, canonically. So huh. leads into other prophecy things where people are like, oh my God, the clanless are running cities and they're working with thin-bloods. The world's falling apart. Chaos and anarchy in the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, you just got this base guy in Cairo that's like, all right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do this. All right, so now we're at things that are. These are things that are currently happening right now in V5. Yep. That we are aware of. There's other shit we missed. I'm sorry. I need more caffeine. So the first thing is time of thin blood. We are in it. There are there are quite a few of them nowadays. To the point that they're now just in the core book as a, a core option of a player character. Yeah. yeah. Instead yeah. of it just being like, a, I mean, if you want to do that. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Why would you not want to play an overpowered like behemoth of you know, crow levels of gothic tragedy. <laughs> and sex appeal. Yeah. Why would you just want to be Steve? <laughs> Steve, who <laughs> can kind of drink some blood sometimes. It's like, oh, sometimes I do science and I make these cool, like, Kool-Aid packs. Why would you ever want to go out in the daytime and eat food? <laughs> just, like, push your glasses up. I put extra points in so that I could have an apple today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, man, fucking tacos, slap. Why would you want to be a Colin Robinson? I I love Colin uh, Robinson. He is hella powerful. I know. I'm making the joke. <laughs> I know. That's that's definitely the. Why would you want to be this? Because they're badass. In World of Darkness, it'd be easiest to actually probably play him as a changeling, but true. But you know, if you just want to straight up play Colin Robinson as a thin blood, actually, if anybody wants to let me do that in your game, I will absolutely 100% <laughs> drop of a hat do it. Anyways, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So there's a lot of Gehenna 
uh, prophecy in the Book of Nod and the Urdusi Frag, like literally everything that has any kind of end times has a large section of the text that's like, oh, the time of thin bloods means chaos and social anarchy and the clanists will rule and they won't follow decorum rules anymore and society will collapse and they'll break into your houses and steal your dog and change your locks and murder you in your day sleep and... Which, fuck your wife. Yeah, fuck your wife, take your wife. This actually leads into what is, we've been talking about misinterpretation of uh, prophecies that is actually how they feel in old world lore, which is everybody misinterprets that as the way we take care of the thin blood problem is by genocide. If we just kill them all, it'll be fine. And literally the book is just like, actually, um, Cain wakes up faster every time a vampire dies. And thin blood still definitely counts as vampires dying. So you're genocide culling. Yeah. So uh, fears of this prophecy stuff. Um, and Dark Ages is why the Scourge position was initially created, was like, oh, we're getting below 10th gen, we're getting too close to the Thin Blood, so we've got to cull, mm. you know, our, our society to get rid of the impure and, you know, the, the degenerates. And da, da, da. Yeah, that doesn't have any uh, colonialist ramifications or anything like that. And then, you know, fast forward to today in V5, Scourges are coming back, baby. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe if there's a Scourge in your city in your game, you should maybe have somebody go... This feels like ethnic cleansing. Maybe don't do that. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, we talked about them a lot in our uh, Camarilla episode, mm-hmm. their hierarchy, if you're interested more in that side yeah. of things. But it is a scary thing, basically, to have a, oh, you're the Gehenna machine on the council, huh? Yeah, but most people aren't aware of the fact that potentially killing Thunbloods would wake up Cain faster because a lot of vampires don't count. No. Thin Bloods as Kindred. Well, yeah, none of them interpret that. That's the reason why I think it's funny. But we brought up that a lot of times prophecies are misinterpreted incorrectly. And it's literally like, no, you made this worse. Even in the Gehenna book, they say Gehenna was supposed to happen in the year 2000, but it jumped six months because the Camarilla was killing so many Thin Bloods. Mm. Well, what I'm trying to say is like World well, of Darkness is supposed to be like a horror game. Mm-hmm. It's most of the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode today is not something a lot of characters are going to know in game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like that is like a scary revelation that you give to your players, where like oh, there's a scourge and they don't really think much of it. Who gives a shit about Thin like, Bloods? Oh, it's an extra hand sheriff basically. Yeah. And then some guy comes to town and is like. You know what that's doing, right? Yeah. Like some scholar comes through town and it's like, no, 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 we need to put a stop to this. And now all of a sudden they're uh, opposing the local like tower. Yeah. yeah, you could give your anarchs something a little bit more tangible to grip onto in the politics outside of the glorious revolution. Because that's very vague for a lot of people in politics. But you can give them a tangible, hey, part of the glorious revolution is maybe not killing your fucking neighbors for existing. Yeah, I was about to say, easy plot hook for that is just if you have somebody with blood sorcery that's just like, hey, we know we can't find like where the souls are going for vampires when they die because they don't go to the abyss. Yeah, I've been tracking that. Every single vampire that dies, the energy that is their soul goes in a direction off to the Middle East. Even the thin bloods, guys, maybe <laughs> that's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, so there's there's a lot to run with that. Uh, 
small note that I thought was an interesting and it ties into V5 plot neatly, which is a quote from the Book of Nod. Uh, yes. They will follow Bruja's child, or they will make blood run red, and they're going to kill the dead. They're going to kill our kin. So the Book of Nod may have, uh, mayhaps, had predicted the uh, second Anarch revolt. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, Bruja being like, hey, so we have all of these, like, potential soldiers that, like, nobody wants. What if I take them? <laughs> and I give them guns. That's a, that's a fun thing you can run with if you want. <laughs> that goes along with prophecy if you want to make your players paranoid. Yeah. Uh, next thing, the week of nightmares. We did a long episode on that, but we're going to rehash it. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's, part, it's part of Gehenna. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a big part of Gehenna, and it also intersects with literally every other canon within world of darkness so we gotta talk about it so but the week of nightmares is seen as the beginning of the final nights bum, bum, bum. this is also one of the few things that has just a precise date in world of darkness so i find it funny mm-hmm. it's believed to have happened monday june 28th to sunday july 4th 1999 i, love <laughs> I so still much. remember finding that because i was like there's a concrete date for this i remember yeah they had to source like three books and i'm like Ah, yes, Time of Thin Bloods. Oh, wait, no, it was Ascension that it was in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like, though, that if you guys quoted it, it actually says believed to be Monday. So even though they're giving an exact date, they're like, it was probably that day. Yeah, (laughs) they give a little bit of wiggle room because there might be some thematic, like, oh, people might have started getting signs of it a little before or people Mm -hmm. had dealt with the ramifications of it for a little longer afterwards, but the, the nexus point of it is roughly this on the bell curve. Right. Uh, within V5, the canon is a little uh, vague on what actually woke up the Ravnos antediluvian and kicked off the week of nightmares. Mm-hmm. This does tie in nicely with uh, the events in Old World of Darkness where there was a conflict in India between Ravnos forces and the uh, Kwai Jin, which is the vampires in the Far East from Kindred of the East that we don't talk about. Yeah, you know, our don'ts. Yeah, because yeah. those mm-hmm. books were not culturally great. We That's a wonderfully nice way of putting that. <laughs> Good job. I, I fear the day the fans are like, do the Kathians. I'm like, <sighs> it's going to be a long minefield to walk through, yeah. but we'll walk through it if you yeah. want it. Kathian is the westernized name for uh, the Quajin mm-hmm. within the canon. So, you know. I just feel Interesting. better than yeah. saying vampires of the Far East. I'm like... Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, basically, some, a bunch of Ravnos in India were having some uh, conflicts and battles with uh, their neighbors and it was so loud, it woke Dad up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. So yeah, the Antiluvian woke up. Is up. Sapoth Sarah spoke, and when they did speak, uh, every psychic sensitive and/or supernatural being felt like mm-hmm. you know when kitties can feel a thunderstorm happening and their hackles raise up and they try to hide, or dogs are like, I can feel an earthquake, and they go and they're just like, Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. and they're just like real spicy. Uh, I will also state this mm-hmm. is probably should have been before, but. Oh. Um, Ravnos also woke up first, supposedly, because it was supposed to. It was supposedly the weakest started. So, like those that weren't awake, mm-hmm. Ravnos was considered the weakest antediluvian, and he woke up first. It was huh. just supposed to be stages of like power level of like, okay, we've got Ravnos. Mm. Other than the ones that aren't awake already, which we'll get into later. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm not. 
Again, not shitting on any Ravnos players. It's just what they wrote. Yeah, this, is, this is just the notes we've been given by <laughs> yes, our sorry. overlords. Um, oh, poor Hunter. But yeah, also, while well, the, uh, the start of this event with the Antediluvian being up and talking and doing things, their mere presence not only made everybody feel a little spooked, uh, there was also a lot of people having fucking nightmares mm-hmm. about uh, Ravana, which, remember from the Gang Girl episode, is the Indian mythological king of the Rakshasas mm-hmm. that live in, like, Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, just out of nowhere, suddenly you're just having these waking nightmares about, like, some sort of tiger-themed demon king. Damn. Yeah, yeah. spooky, right? Yeah, I dig that. But it's, like, a global phenomenon of a bunch of people just being like, huh. Are they having, does it say if they, uh, they're having, like, the same nightmare? Uh, like, you know, you awaken on there red. is. Uh, it was generally considered that yes, it was the same nightmare. Like, even they said in when they were speaking of this, not only did mages get this, anyone with the old world trait. I think it was in uh, World of Darkness, the like psychically inclined or magically inclined that aren't actually like psychics or mages. They would also have them too, like low-level psychics. Yeah, because you could, as a mortal, buy traits where you can get like a ghost sense, yeah. or you know, you have a very weak like empath kind of a thing. So right. all those people, there is a note about uh, certain people with certain mental illnesses also catching the backlash from this. But uh, I don't think it's good to write mental illness as a magic power yeah. or a superpower because it's not how it works. And it's weirdly infantilizing. It's we're yeah, yeah. we'll get into that in a separate episode, but I I'll go eh. over that next section because I remember this one yeah. a lot. Yeah. So Ravdos yeah. got nuked from orbit. Yeah. yeah. The him and the and the don'ts were having such a large fight that they were uh, disrupting the world because the uh, the the Jin decided to uh, black out the sun so they could just have a forever battle for a few days and. Uh, that conflict was pretty much ended by the technocrats were like, we're going to laser them with a satellite. Oh, it can't get through the cloud cover. Fuck it. Nuke, uh, nuke them from orbit. They dropped a neutron bomb on them, which weakened Ravnos's founder and also killed the Kwaijin that were blocking the sun out. Then the laser got in and just mm. like an ant. Just brutal. Straight yeah. up. And then literally it's confirmed in canon in the in the lore sheet, just Zapathistura met final death at the hands of parties unknown, armed with advanced weaponries and the power of the sun. So, you know, if you want to make your uh, stick and Inquisition agents a little extra spooky, it'd just be like, I give them sky lasers. Yeah. Just be like, hey, we had some, we, we're on a joint project with some very weird people and they've given us access to some satellites. Yeah, and that's something that you can, you have wiggle room as an ST to use. I believe in, like, the vampire side of things, it's largely, like, the Second Inquisition did this with a little help, whereas, like, in the mage books that talk about it, it's, like, the technocracy did this, and some weird Christians were there, too. Yep. So, like, you can kind of, All of the World of Darkness lines kind of torque things around to fit what's focused more on their supernatural, so you can have it either way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's left just vague enough to work. You know, on that idea, I kind of like the idea of um, leaving hints to your players that there is a planned, like, laser strike coming to the city in, like, you know, a week or two. And you got to either figure out how to get out or 
prevent it? Yeah, because I was about neat. to say, the Second Inquisition doesn't even have to explain it why night is day in one place for a second. Because they've got those new flashlights that literally you turn them on at night, and it's just daytime. Like oh, like the, like yeah. the 100,000 lumen torch box yeah, on exactly. a stick? Yeah, exactly. If you just turn that on, it literally, like, everything around will turn into day. So they don't even have to be, like, the news being like, how did night turn into day? They're like, somebody turned on a flashlight. Yeah. Uh, it was swamp gas. Yeah, it was swamp gas, otherwise known as nuking that fucking vampire from orbit. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like the government has a history of uh, nuking citizens on our own country. Anyways, so the final death of the Antiluvian devastated clan Ravnos, which is why they are the way they are now. All of the Ravnos in uh, Bangladesh, which is roughly the area where all of this fighting was happening, which is a little country just east of India for those who need the reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so all those guys got snapped up and eaten because Dad woke up and he was hungry. Uh, brutal. Brutal. And then when Zapathosaurus died, all of the Earth's Ravnos fell into a four-day blood frenzy. Which is actually brutal. interesting because that's the conversion of V5 versus what it was in uh, the old world. Mm-hmm. Because the blood frenzy was half because he died. At first, it was because Ravnos snapped his fingers and went... Come to me, my children. I need you fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And then when he died, they went with no commands and just started eating everything. Yeah, and also their clan being changed. Mm-hmm. Um, does, that has a date on it, right? Is that the... That, basically, when he dies, it's the end of the Week of Nightmares. Yeah, so it should be like... So... The, uh, Interesting, okay. Yeah. It should be the July 4th, 1999. But yeah. again, it's... How old is Yannick? We'll talk about okay. it. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. So, yeah, if you want to have a interesting character moment, if you do have a Ravnos player character or NPC, that might have to come up. As mm-hmm. a, so were you around for that? Yeah. Like, are you good, dude? Like, that's a lot of trauma. Yeah. Do you want to unpack that? Because I'm technically playing my Ravnos character, Yannick, in two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one takes place, like, I'm going to say vaguely 1993. Yeah. So it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you got and then time. the other game I was playing him in is Modern. So there's definitely something happened in there. <laughs> we ha- I haven't really thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to figure that out. What did what he do? Yeah. 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 And within the Week of Nightmares, there is the Red Star. Which is also something that is applicable to all. Yeah. This, this, is, this is an omen event that hits basically literally every line in World of Darkness, including Mummy. Yeah, and wait, I still think the one that I find the weirdest is including Wraith. Yep. Like, they can be in the afterworld, and they'll still look up at the sky and be like, why is there a red dot there? <laughs> we are in the underworld. I am literally underground. Why can I see the the, the, the red star? Yeah. It was... Is the red star a, a Russian superhero or supervillain? Uh, that's when Clark Kent lands in Russia. Is that what I he's called? Correctly. Is he called Red I don't remember. I think so. Red Star or Red Sun? It's Red, one or the other. It's Red Sun. It's Red Sun? Yeah, that's what it was. I know the comic line's named Red Sun. Mm. I think that might be a tick villain, actually. Red Star? Red Star? Maybe. Maybe. Mm. I okay. don't remember. Uh, anyways, uh, this star started to shine in the sky at the official like end-to-end of the Week of Nightmares, which is July 15th, 1999. We have an actual date, guys. Mm. All right. This is the only tangible date you're going to get in anything in World of Darkness. Good oh. luck. Though, again, we're going to talk about its NASA designation, too. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, where was I? Yeah. 
so on that note, uh, the Red Star is an actual physical, tangible uh, space body. Huh. It is known as Anthelios or Wormwood. Its NASA designation is 28978 uh, Axion. It is actually a possible dwarf planet within the Kuiper Belt. Just because of the way it orbits and the way it is in the sky for us in the game, it refracts sunlight in a way where it just reads red to us on the planet. I think that's Ixion. I don't know. I did not take Greek or Latin. I'm, I didn't go into STEM. <laughs> I only know this because I read best. Magic the Gathering. Ah, uh, yeah. Either way, it's a real thing. You can look it up. Uh, I think there might be NASA programs where if you really wanted to find it and go look at it and telescope stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Or if you're lucky enough to have Auspex too, you can just use that and look it up. Yeah, that was in Old World. Like, literally, if you had it, yeah. it would just pop up if you ever popped anything over Auspex 2. Hmm. Yeah, it's in the Time of Thin Bloods book. So if during the Week of Nightmares, if you had Auspex, uh, you can just see it. I'll do my call right. again. I think that would be really cool if you had a player... Um, who uh, like upgrades their aspects as like a younger, or they like I'm put points in this, and then the first time they use it outside, you're like, also you kind of notice, yeah, huh, that's weird. Anyway, yeah, just a no. little ominous hint. Yeah, so if you want to be the dickweed st like I am, where you're just like, well, comets and astrobodies have been used as portents of omen and death and destruction for centuries. I'm a fuck with this asshole. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> All right. And for science nerds, you have a reason to go look at more space shit. Yay! And it's a good time. And the beckoning. The beckoning, which yeah. is a major plot point. Oh, did anybody want to yeah. read the quote? On the second day, Cain will return and call his children to the meeting place on the site of the first city. He will beckon them, sitting on his basalt throne. Did you want to take the second quote, too? Yeah, sure. I don't know if he was our clown... F- <laughs> his clown <laughs> I don't know if he's our clown exactly. father. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to say either edit it out or put a note on it and be like, that's for the blooper reel. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he was our clan founder, just a real old keeper or something completely different. But when he saw us, we felt the pull of his gigantic mouth, his all-consuming black hole. The void was calling later. He was calling us there to feed him. What that mouth do though? Yeah, I'll say that's kind of hot. Right. What what we're getting here is either uh, Clan La Sombra or Kane is Kirby. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 spoopy. I want I want anyone that has their character beckoned to just have the GM just be like, and then the darkness opens its mouth, and then just play the Kirby sucking sound. Uh, just dark Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. When the pamps in the creek. Yeah. So we are, I, I believe we've hit the nail on the head several times throughout uh, the Blank Bodies recording that the, the beckoning is happening and all of the olds are fucking off mm-hmm. vaguely to the east. No one is certain why. I kind of wish that would happen in human society. Yeah, sometimes I do too. Just take away the pudding cups. It's the best we can do in reality. I do like pudding. I mean, free pudding. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they can take it back. yeah. So... There are some different interpretations of whether this beckoning is being done by Cain himself or if there's other antediluvians calling upon folks to build their forces. Uh, I mean, that was also another thing that uh, Ravnos was doing. It was half soldiers, half, oh, I'm getting weak. I need a snack pack. 
Yeah, because, you know, as uh, mechanically, as your blood gets more potent, uh, the things you're able to feed on becomes like a smaller and smaller and smaller list. So instead of like, oh, I can have a blood bag, it's, well, I can only drink human blood. Well, now I got to kill the guy. Now I got to kill three guys. Now human blood isn't cutting it anymore. Yeah, because um, it hasn't come up in new canon, but it was interesting in Gehenna after the week of nightmares and everything went to shit. A thing called the withering started happening where um, vampires would start losing their power rapidly if they were older. And they would also have to, like, debolarize just to satisfy hunger and keep their power level. They wouldn't get a power boost. Hmm. They'd just stop being weak. Interesting. Yeah. So that hasn't come up much in V5, but also all the olds have fucked off. So, like, eh. We have no idea what Fight Club they're doing in the Middle East. Yeah. So, and we've made notes in previous episodes about, like, the Shepherds of Earl Shaggy and things that the Church of Cain is doing. So you have some plot hooks in with the beckoning on that. If, you know, you want to be like, hey, so, you know, your favorite sire dad, like, he got beckoned. Maybe he instead got recruited. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come back. And he's going to be hell pissed. So, too, will our grandsires rise from the ground. They will break their fast on the first of us. They will consume us whole. That's also from the book of that. Yep. And this is the part that I've been waiting to talk about. It's fun. There's roughly about three to five of the clown... Ah. Founders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Roughly three to five of the clan founders are up, either preparing to fight or hiding from Kane. I'm going to talk about at least the three. We've talked about one, but the three that either have the best way to run slash fight or are the most documented because three of these uh, haven't really been to sleep. They've been up pretty much the whole time. We're going to talk about the one we've already talked about first, which is Gangrel. Yes, Hot Nickelball Mom. Yeah, Hot Nickelball Mom has yeah. pretty much, All right. in the Gehenna book, again, <laughs> confirms the the Xavier theory. Right? It was yes, a, Xavier. Yeah, Xavier theory that she melded with the core of the earth, and she's just sitting there just like, come get me, Dad, I fucking dare you. And, you know, that's... Honestly, out of all of them, probably going to be the most effective thing that's going to be very hard for Kane to fucking deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude's pretty fucking scary, but it's like, that is everything you hate, and she is a part of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, say. Unless it's part of the plan when the werewolves devour themselves and the earth withers, she's in the earth. She could help keep the earth going. Would she get shunted out of the, the the nickel earth core? What if it just cooled down and she got stuck? Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. And then the other one is, uh, and I'm not going to say his name. I'm waiting for that for our Nosferatu episode, is Nosferatu. Nosferatu pretty much never went to sleep. He's also one of those ones where he's supposed to have transcended obfuscate to the point that he's... If you look at him, you can perceive him. The moment you look away, everything is erased about it. And it's unlike, I know a lot of Doctor Who fans out there, like the silence where you remember it. No, the moment you stop looking at him, you forget. It is erased every fucking time. Hmm. The ultimate John Cena. So he can, he's probably, there's many places where, and he doesn't like humanity because he doesn't like the way he looks. It is theorized he is probably either walking at the bottom of the ocean or in Antarctica. Or again, as I'm curious, 
in the, I believe it was Sabbat book, it was mentioned that, no, it's the Second Inquisition book, that there was agents that would perceive a vampire and it would pop out, and then they'd perceive it on another side and pop out. And I think the only reason why they're able to perceive it is because they're writing the reports down. Because the physical representations don't leave. So that might be in reference to Nosferatu. Hmm. Again. Yeah, poor guy. He's just like, oh, shit, I didn't account for literally everything being a camera. Yeah, yeah. everything being a camera. I mean, he's... No, it's the writing. Because he um, still has, like, the old world, like, Nosferatu-like cameras can't see me. Like, I'll blur out. But, like, if they write reports down when they see it, mm-hmm. like, flip out a notebook and they're like, really weird fucking looking vampire and I'm afraid, looks away. Why did I make this note? Hmm. What the fuck? I'm just... I saw a really ugly guy wearing a Who's Your Daddy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, prequel for our uh, next clan episode, Malkav. Yes. This one is highly theorized, never completely con- uh, confirmed, but in the Gehenna book, it is highly hinted at that he has also been awake this whole time because he is the Madness Network. He is the fabric between all of the Malkavians that communicates. He is literally a mental mimetic virus like you can't like that's his way of just being like well i have safety in my people have fun kane because i'm not gonna pop out until you killed all of my children uh, he is the the electromagnetic wave hmm. of existence it's kind of candy man yep. mm-hmm. so what happened to his body mm. no he his, his body transcended yeah. as well. Bingo. Okay. Yeah, like Candyman. Sure he just kind like of. A, I wasn't sure if it was like a. Uh, uh, you get stuck in the matrix. Your body stays behind, kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. You could interpret that, but again, as old world shows, he just became the okay. energy. Just cool. Yeah, and I'll have some notes on the Malkavian episode about it, but like the Malkavians are considered to be like very close to like changelings socially and they i mean he could have almost like just gotten hot they used to have a power we'll talk about where they could literally transcend the real world and step into like the fey land like basically go into the arcadia side of things Mm -hmm. so if he was that powerful enough he could just be like borderline a like mimetic like fey like creature who just exists on the other side of reality yeah Cool. Just, he's literally the personification of ADHD where you're just like you're Malkavian just kind of chilling and then suddenly just that random thought where it's like hey talk to that guy and then just you're like what the yep. fuck I will, uh, okay hi <laughs> I, I guess I'm doing this now I will state it's very unlikely we'll ever talk about it that I always found this funny because again Old World had 10 dot disciplines that you could get up to speaking of the uh, pretty much fey equivalent of vampires chaosids had in my opinion the funniest 10 dot that would fuck with Kane. So much because Kane can sense all vampires. Chaosid's in clan discipline, when you got it to 10, lets you make a test and you would turn human for a day. So he'd just have strobe light kindred that he'd be like, I smell up. But th- there was. I smelled a dude. I smelled. <laughs> what? The. What? Why? Why? Why are there like 20 things that I'm like, I smell a tart. 
Where the fuck did you, you ever do that thing where you're at a border where you're like, I'm on this side and now I'm on this yeah. side. I'm in Canada. I'm in America. I'm in Ohio. I'm in somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to feel like that would be the one that would piss Kane <laughs> off so much because he's just like, I have to kill all of them. Wait. Am I going you can't to get me. I'm they? in Mexico now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just being Hola. like, I know I'm untold years long. Am I getting like vampire dementia? Yeah. And one of the other potentially just fucking about ones was uh, Hakeem. Yeah. Because Hakeem might've just, he's just been up. He'd been yeah, he supposedly like Fatima Alpha Qadi got the vibe check from Hakeem. Cause there's a big thing in the Bonner Hakeem where apparently it's bad to have a mortal religion and a lot of the Bani Hakeem are Muslim. So, and apparently that's a bad thing because it goes against the judgment of Hakeem, but then Hakeem met like this cool Muslim lady and he's like, now nah, you cool, fist bumped and then walked off. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're cool. So up. who the fuck knows? That, she could have just been making that up. That could have just been some guy that's like, yeah, I'm Hakeem totally. Look at my hat. I will also say just for, <laughs> uh, to, for a little redeeming for Hunter because, you know, I shit talked on Ravnos. Again, they didn't count Augustus. They didn't count Uncle Augie because he's a proto-antediluvian because he never went to sleep. No one really counts him as an antediluvian, and we know he's dead, so he would actually be the weakest antediluvian. That's true. And Augustus was with whom? uh, With uh, the Hakata. He was... There you go. Yeah, he was... Yeah, he was the Giovanni progenitor that ate Cappadocius, which again is... would have been... If... Augie hadn't eaten him. Cappadocius would have been the weakest antediluvian. He would have just not gone to sleep. So, but he got he got fucked up right after Ravnos. So you know that's the reason why I'm like, Ravnos is the weakest antediluvian, but he's the weakest true antediluvian. Yeah, kind of like uh, Pluto. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like Pluto's not a planet. It's still a planet. <laughs> It's just where, a dwarf planet. Where Augustus is a moon or a small <laughs> asteroid. Yeah, but uh, this whole, the Antediluvians are going to wake up and kill everything is the whole reason the Sabbat does their Gehenna Wars and that's why everything's fucked and why so much of the meta plot has changed with, you know, the Setites and now the Ministry and the Banu Hakim being like, we got to get the fuck out of Dodge. Everything's on fire. Because the other prophecy is a black hand will rise up and choke all those who oppose those who drink hearts, bloods will flourish. Yeah. So with the uh, Antiluvians possibly coming up due to Gehenna prophecies from the Book of Nod, uh, they now we have the new Sabbat, which are very ardent on their quest to make that not be a thing. But in the process, they've either purged or pushed out their more reasonable members mm-hmm. and are now down to this like cultic group of fucking psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of why they stopped being in like the old world where you could play them as like the actual villains or like just kind of like the weird libertarians who are even further out than the anarchs or mm-hmm. like, Oh, we're actually just all scholar nerds. Or Those even, guys all got pushed out. Yeah. Or even the, uh, the, the, the I'm really dark and edgy, superhero like anti-hero like yeah i'm doing terrible things and i'm destroying my humanity and duh but i'm doing it for the greater good yeah like, like the- those guys have either been diabolized or kicked out <laughs> or they just went okay yeah i was a badass but i'm not bludgeon somebody's child with somebody else's child a badass oh god <laughs> yeah i'm not actually 
so fervent that I'm drooling blood of my victims out of my mouth while just like clicking and chasing people down in alleys. Right. You're like, I like wearing pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you could, there's, there's a lot of people that really enjoy their super edgy, what I would consider pizza cutter character, Sabat. And if that's how you want to play and you guys are having fun, that's cool. I, I'm not interested <laughs> personally. <laughs> there's been a lot of, because of the changes in V5, a lot of addition and sect debates online that I personally find very silly. Yeah. Where they're just like, no, just I'm playing the real Sabat. I'm like, cool. I don't know why you're making this a, a weird pissing contest, but that's a me thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine if you decide to play a Sabat that converted over to Camarilla that was like, I don't know what these psychopaths are. I'm still here to kill the antediluvians, but I'm here to be a civilized killer. Right. Well, just it's call them Cam. One of my characters that I'm playing right now is ex Sabat, and it was pretty much that reason he's like there and then some stuff happened and he was just like this is this is not good for me i'm i'm down to kill like grandpa cuz grandpa's apparently going to be an asshole but like nah i'll not just, just, I'll just like, go over here with these dudes who just kind of want to chill and he's down in anarchy yeah not yeah. just like how how much baby blendering can i do in the corner yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for the sake of baby blendering as i say i think those kind of games could be fun too especially if you run like you want to run a even a specific city in like a very dark like borderline dystopian like new york city in the 80s style like dangerous kind of city i think those more edgy heroes could would be more interesting in that kind of setup especially in time period than they work in like 2020 where there's a camera everywhere and your edgy bullshit just got you put on like international most wanted lists yeah. or yeah. hell even just people that do social media networking where they're just like this guy is dangerous and they'll just put you on blast where it's like that kind of shit isn't gonna fly as much because it's like well this guy's a creeper in this bar all right hey everybody goes to this bar this guy's weird don't let him near your drink right because there's, a, well, we, we've talked about maybe doing an episode where we actually talk about the masquerade and like how that works and what it actually means to uphold it and what it actually means to break that. But I mean, if, even if you look at like modern, like violent crime and that sort of thing, like there's a big difference between shooting a lot of people or like blowing a building up and it gets covered as like a terrorist attack or a gas leak or something and like using your shadow powers to rip a dude in half in like down a large downtown area right and in tying with the the shifts in the canon for v5 because the camera is acknowledging antediluvians and they're allowing uh basically kindred religions now there's no reason you can't be like hey so these antediluvian things are a problem i'm gonna use the networking and power i get from being within the camera to still continue to further my goals i'm just not being a deranged psychopath a la like the near dark massacre in the bar anymore now it's the unhinged psychopath of like a corporate guy that tells somebody that tells somebody to tell somebody Mm -hmm. to hit three buttons and then just that block's gone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is sinister and dark in a different way yeah uh and there's also the fun of the uh on the the note about the those who drink heart's blood will flourish. So there's all the allegations of the Camarilla members diabolizing the Lasombra sacrifices. Oh yeah. So it's kind of the Lasombra taking Sabat ideals and then just kind of interjecting it 
into the Camarilla. It's kind of the cheese around the pill of their ideology to this completely different sect mm-hmm. that I'm like, that could be a whole interesting storyline mm-hmm. that m- fulfills Gehenna prophecy portents. And as mentioned earlier, like with the withering, there was Diablory just because it's like, no, that's the only way you're going to keep being a vampire. Yeah, take notes of Helena in uh, Chicago by Night. No. No. I think it would be interesting to throw in a game where, like, um, there's some new uh, La Sombra in your city, and that's weird. And then your player parties, like, catch a new turn who didn't pass the test getting Diablerized. And for some reason, the city's turning a blind eye to that happening. Mm. Yeah, mm. they're just like, oh, that's just what they do. It's in-house, whatever. And it's like, why? Why are they being allowed to check my notes here? Flourish. Uh, seems a little i thought we agreed that was one of the the cam rules that we're not okay with yeah so this is this is an an example of here is a singular prophecy that can be interpreted like two or three different ways and it still fulfills the the end times the 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 note has been the box has been checked uh why are we allowing this? Ah, oh, they declassified the fledgling. It's okay. They said they declassified it. Right? They declassified before they, the before, fledgling. Before they deobliged him. I, I I declassified the fledgling on Twitter. It's it's, it's okay. fine if I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited to watch that get processed. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, speaking of things to be processed, we have some things that have not yet come to pass. Uh, is a small list of uh, prophecies within the Book of Nod that were like, these are cool. Use them as plot hooks. Mm-hmm. There's a fuckload in there. So if I missed your favorite, uh, yell at me on the internet, I guess. Uh, mm, I the tried. crone will awaken and consume all. Bum, bum, bum. I was just like, I tried to put all of this stuff down in the proto script. You did, and I was just like, I guess it's just... I tried you can't to do, do a page one. and a half of prophecy. Okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why I tried to limit it mostly to Book of Nod and Gehenna. Mm. I was like, this should be good enough. Yeah. I was like, what do we look like? A Zoom call from a church? Anyways. Oh. Yeah, we had a two-hour episode recently. I think we need to, we're, are pulling yeah. back a little bit again. <laughs> a little bit. We're, we got a little too big for our breaches. But yeah, the crone will awaken and consume us all. The crone is a figure uh, from the Book of Nod. Basically, Cain uh, had Lilith mommy teach him how to put on pants and cook and do blood sorcery, and then he fucked off, and then he ran into the crone and made bad deal with her, and it's very, like, Baba Yaga energy. Cool. Uh, Which may or may not have just been Lilith with a different hat on. Yeah, it might have been Lilith with a different hat on. She's like, look, now I am old. Now I am young. I am old. We, There's a lot of interpretations. Yeah. But yeah, that that could be a thing if you especially want to get into some Hikata or Tremere uh, uh, spooky female witchy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dragon rises. Which uh, is usually attributed to uh, the potential leftover giant flesh worm of uh, Zemitsi that is the uh, aftermath of Solot and Tremere's forever coma fight, which again, we know in modern times, everyone won and lost at the same time. Yeah, so for those of you who don't have the context for that, uh, basically Tremere... When they were normal human wizards and wanted to be an immortal, they were fucking around with Zemisi shit. And then Tremere, the wizard, diabolized Saulot, and they've been fighting in that body for centuries. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Gortrix gets involved in that mix, and it's a weird thruple thing. And somebody's trapped behind a mirror. We'll get into it later with the Tremere episode or Saulot episode. Yeah. And there's also a third th- entity where there's like, isn't there a Zemisi mega 
thing underneath the World Trade well, Center. No, that's that's the thing. Is supposedly once the battle's lost for the souls, mm-hmm. the flesh is just like Zamitsi flesh protocols take over and just like the antediluvian like consciousness slips back in. Not the soul. It's just like the drive to be well a Cronenberg monster. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there's the worm Cronenberg monster in uh, Vienna in the Prime Chantry, and then there's another Cronenberg flesh monster underneath the World Trade Center. Yeah. And there's art for it. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up. Yeah. Uh, it's sick. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is gr- well, I think it's because in Old World, mm-hmm. because New World, they put it, they put the body in Vienna. But I think in Old World, they moved the body under New York, and then the fight was lost, and then, you know, Cronenberg protocols activated, mm-hmm. and you just see this just... Yeah. Come out of a sewer grate, if I remember correctly. It's just like right? the whole fucking street oh. just... Brrr. Stop me if this is too spicy. Mm-hmm. But um, if you really want to have things happening in your story, 9-11 happened to try and get rid of that body, and that's why it got moved to Vienna. That's a canonical note that is very unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Uh, I will discuss that. I have notes about that for a future episode, but... Yeah, that's a canonical note of a thing that might have happened. I think there was a note... I think I first read that in Requiem. And uh, we'll classify that under media of people trying to process a national tragedy and they did not stick the landing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The, the, a dragon rises could also just be as simple as the Zamitsi gain power because they're known as dragons and their clan symbol is a dragon eating its own fucking tail. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of flesh monster almost being like a, what, what is the correct pronunciation? Shit mycelium oh yeah fungus you know like the slime molds yeah it's just like a mycelium of flesh monster covering like most of the united states and Mm -hmm. so you know yeah blow it up in there it's not really gonna pop up somewhere else just like like detroit yeah yeah i was thinking kind of um like i know it's i can't remember the exact name of it uh but it's a major touch point in the deus ex uh later games mm-hmm. where it's essentially like a nanite that all it does is grow and it grows so fast that it eventually like consumes everything i think it's called black matter uh mm. gr- it's called gray like matter gray slime yeah. gray matter yeah also yes ending your point that would be a good way to tie into like stories of like the homeless population is disappearing in new york oh yeah yeah just be like no the zamitzi or the flesh micella itself is just yeah. yeah there's an unchecked flesh micella in your city because of the spot in the area fucked off to go to the Gehenna war Oorah, and they just kind of left yeah, this could... thing and <laughs> unattended they couldn't salt and fire it quick enough <laughs> I was like well it's your problem now I'm not getting that deposit back yeet <laughs> you ever see that movie chud yeah, yeah. yeah it's very chud uh, yeah cool. the another another thing a darkness moves which, a darkness moves. Oh, that wow. could also huh. just be Lasombra. That could just yeah. be Lasombra doing his. I I am a a, a shadow imbued manta ray at the bottom of the ocean that's whispering sweet nihilistic nothings to get people to, to do entropy. Or mm. or it means that the hit band the darkness moves to a different country. I do like the darkness. Can we do the next one last? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but the, this could also just be like, oh, the Lissambra moved sex. No. That counts as an interpretation of yeah, this, or, yeah. you know, there's that whatever the fuck shadow monstrosity in the Middle East that's just eating shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, Kirby. he's on the move. 
Kirby. Dark Kirby. <laughs> I think now I'm going to message several of our groups, especially the ones that like LaSombra, and just be like, your clan founder is now referred to as Kirby. And Dark Kirby. Yeah, Dark Kirby. We have Dark, Dark Brandon, Kirby. now we have Dark Kirby. So we just call him Meta Knight. Yeah, I hate this specifically because I recently watched... It was off-putting to me just because I didn't expect it, but it's a voice... The voice actor for Kirby on mm-hmm. stage, like during a live show they did... But it's just a very, very, like, cute, small, uh, like, Asian woman. Uh, and so now I'm just imagining just her. Just her. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. just like, consuming. Really yeah. uh, she just comes on and says, <laughs> Just this adorable woman with just, like, really heavy, like, under eyeliner. Just to be like, I'm evil now, can't you tell? And you're just like, ma'am, this is, this is Wendy's. <laughs> but, yeah, there's also a black sun and the blood moon will rise. The sun was blocked out with uh, Zappath Sarah getting uh, nuked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's also just eclipses or, you know, somebody could do some fucked up uh, magic shit or somebody could explode a volcano. There's some fuckery with the volcano near Mexico City. Ah, it's fine. Yeah. We're fine. Yellowstone's it's, not about to explode. It's fine. It's fine. It's it pretty far away from You that. know, the good old standby of the celestial bodies are doing some fuckery. Yeah. That you can always stick into any plot and make the paranoid characters go, <gasps> no, no. Yeah, it was even in the final night supposed to be like, you should tell your characters there are blood moons often. Yeah. Just way more than they should be. Yeah, just all your witchy friends on their the celestial body moon apps. They're just like, hi, blood moon, blood moon, blood moon, blood moon. Just they're, they're, oops, everything's a blood moon. Yeah. <laughs> oops, all blood moons. Uh question uh do you want to do the angel dies and then the thousand year rake or no uh, yeah okay. because yeah uh, okay. and then the next one which is i love how even in the gehenna book it's literally like figure it the fuck out they they don't even give you anything it's just an angel dies it could be a literal angel it could just be somebody who's really high humanity for some reason could be Sowlot. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? The the books are like, hey, do with this what you want. But it's a prophecy. I think that System of a Down wrote a song about that. Yeah. They did. Right? It's very good. But that was them deserving to die. Oh, this, this die. didn't deserve? Okay, all right. We have no... We also, have no hold on. I might have a theory, guys. Mm. Hit 90s TV show, Angel. Oh, God damn it. I think it it's did. a... It's it, a stretch to call that a hit, first of all. <laughs> uh, it was better than the other one, and it did end in an apocalypse. Uh, Boom! Sorry. All right. Did, did Buffy have a Muppet episode? I don't think so. Never liked that show. Buffy? Yeah. Most, never a huge most nerds like that show, but I'm just like... I just couldn't check, get past the first season. Checkmate, Buffy nerds. Well, there is an interpretation that could be taken a little bit more down-to-earth with this, which is within the... Uh, religious tenets of the church of Cain, all kindred are technically angels. So with Cain being like the prime angel and everybody's like a divine cherub essentially. So this could be somebody murders Cain. Mm. The spot wins possibly. Eh. That's a problem. I've also potentially interpreted it because these are theories that are coming out of the Gehenna book. Mm -hmm. The, um, uh, the, uh, What's her name? The, the moon child. The, yeah. The daughter of Eve. Yeah, the daughter of Eve, potentially, if she dies before she has the first down fear baby. Yeah. That's a potentiality. Yeah. Or becomes uh, Judge Mommy. Yeah. 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 Now, I don't know 
I think James might be the only one who would know um, from the other splats uh, from World of Darkness. Were there angels in Demon, I feel like? I don't think so. I think they were like how... Uh, Chronicles had a version where it was like techno angels and then all demons were just corrupted techno angels. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that, but I, I don't know Old World well enough. I didn't know if I they think, were actual angels or not. I think they were like, like Supernatural was, where it's like demons exist, but angels, that's bullshit. Hmm. I think. Well, I thought angels showed up later in Supernatural. Yeah, they had they, a buddy there They did, ones. but I mean, that's how it started out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By them just being like, no, demons exist, but... Angel, that's bullshit. I never played an old world where power levels got so high where that became an actual consideration. That's so I don't offhand know that. I'm assuming it does exist because so much of World of Darkness lore is steeped in uh, Christian like theology, like very Catholic and shit. like Christian mythology too. Like yeah. a lot of the well, non to be respectful to our Christian listeners, there is like the Bible and what we can interpret. And then there's also a lot of stuff built around the Bible. That's Mm -hmm. not directly from any of the Holy texts. And I know a lot of that in world of darkness is also considered true in Canon. So, so uh, do with that what you will, I guess I would assume that, uh, they may be talked about, but they're probably (laughs) rare because again, Gehenna was the final book in old world. And even they didn't, they were like, they weren't like, no angels exist. That can happen. They were just like, the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. So it may be like hinted at, but I don't think they're a fish. I don't yeah, think. I don't know if it's a celestial entity that crosses over into other canons or if there's like a book in Changeling or Mage that has more info about this. I don't know off the top of my head. Because yeah. again, I don't like playing games with that lo- power level for characters. It's not interesting to me, so I don't... Yeah, it gets a little I bad, don't know. Right? No, it's just... It's kind of the same thing with, like, Supernatural, where, like, I like the first five seasons because it's just, like, two bros having Scooby-Doo detective adventures. And then once you get beyond that, like, their power levels are so high where it's like, oh, I got to save the universe again. And I'm like, when the stakes are that high, it's just, I kind of just can't give a shit. Like, half the reason I don't watch Doctor Who much anymore. It kind of turns into the Rick and Morty problem where you've seen like Morty die so many times. And then he Rick's like, I'll just go to another universe and bring him back. And it'll next episode will be like, nothing ever happened where the stakes are so high that the stakes don't matter anymore. Literally everything you know about this universe could end. And then you walk through a door and it's back. Yeah. I, I will state, I am very sad as a representative of the supernatural fandom. They had like a season like nine where they stopped doing into the world. And they were like, what if like the British society of just like, keeping monsters in check what if we did a that thing i'm like can we do that for the rest of the season we don't have to do like we we don't have to do into the worlds i like this i like official like some organization being like no monsters need to die yeah, to little little bprd yeah, I, I think that's kind of just a problem that all horror franchises and as a genre run into whereas you have to kind of raise the stakes it's why like Jason ended up in fucking space in the future. Yeah, because like after a while, you know, like the him just stabbing teenagers at a cabin gets kind of boring and you gotta keep upping the ante. And I think that that's something to be careful of with your horror setting. It's like the stakes get so high that it's just like cartoonish. Yeah. So for the slasher game I have to do more than stab you. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh but yeah, to wrap up the things that have not happened yet but are uh parts of Gehenna prophecy and this might lead into 
why some of the Sabat guys might not be good player characters, which is after the destruction of uh, society and everything, fighting the antediluvians, uh, vampires take over and basically form a thousand-year Reich in the city known as Gehenna. Hmm. Yeah, where... Well, I said Reich. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's very uh, like fascist endgame kind of thing where it's like, okay, we're going to have a return to tradition with mm-hmm. a establishing of a new Enoch with vampire supremacy and da 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 da. And mm-hmm. I'm very, I was looking at that going, oh, yeah, there's probably people in the Sabbat that are, some of them that are going to be like, I like this idea. I want this because we should be in charge. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, here's another reason why maybe Sabbat player characters, at least in the way things are being written now, might not be the best I fucking idea. Because I don't like the idea of being at a table where somebody actively is like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. The mass murder and destruction of everyone around me is fine because they're my inferiors and I deserve to do these things and I will be in charge. Yeah. And yeah. I'm doing this for the greater good. I'm mm-hmm. doing this for peace. I am the greater good. By yeah, the way. I am exactly. the greater good. Blood and soil. Yeah, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. That yeah, should be a bad guy. <laughs> so... You know, if you want to stick that in your game as a, hey, guys, there's more than one reasons why maybe paying attention to this Gehenna prophecy shit might be a good idea. Because mm-hmm. yeah. even if Gehenna isn't real, there's enough fuckers that think it's real and they're going to act upon it. I will say if uh, there's enough request for it, I have another follow-up episode Ooh. to this. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, going into, in my opinion, is the most bonkers scenario for Gehenna that involves... Lilith and that thousand year ring. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Thanks. <laughs> Thankfully it's not Reiki. Thankful at least no. Thankfully, uh as it's writ <laughs> yeah. Thankfully as it's writ, it won't be as Reiki as you worry about. It's well, well Yeah, there's just a lot of Unfortunately, because of the way fascist ideology works, there's a lot of uh, apocalypse, end of the world scenarios and restarting societies that kind of yes and into that a little too neatly in a way that I'm like, you really need to be careful as a storyteller and player how you're playing this in your game, please. Thank you. I mean, that's to get into real world history, that's kind of a bummer for a second. Like, that's kind of the entire basis behind like the Turner Diaries, yep. which is essentially a very, very popular, unfortunately, white supremacist book about how white people need to ad- completely destroy society and everyone who doesn't agree with them so that they can then rebuild society in a perfect way by cleansing everyone who is not um, a part of their plan. Um, so that's where the Sabbat gets a little scary because like, they're kind of echoing real-world, like actual... like Actual, there's the white supremacist guys, and then there's also, like I'd mentioned way before earlier, the eco-fascists that are like, well, society is just a scourge on the planet, and we just need to, you know, make less people. And I'm like, okay, uh, how about no? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the crux of, you know, climate disaster being a problem is something that should be handled, but I don't think the problem is solved by getting rid of the undesirables. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to say with about the, on the thousand year city and that would actually be, especially if you had like some scholar or something in your game, find that note around the time of the rise of the black hand and the splitting of the Sabbat. It would make sense that like a lot of the scholars and like more intelligent people 
in the Sabbat saw that. And if their whole being the we're the dark edgy good guys thing is like we are gonna we are going to be the ones that like stop the antediluvians, we're gonna kill Cain, and we're gonna keep the end of the world from happening. Then they find that page that's like, well, actually, when you guys kill Cain, that's the final nail in the coffin that ends everything. A lot of those guys are gonna be like, oh fuck, oh fuck, we that. need to uh, figure something are out. We, are we, we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> we need to figure out if this is gonna be a oh no. Yeah, so you know, there's there's lots of nuance and plot hooks and things in within this that p- please use. It's a good book, mm-hmm. just you know, game responsibly. Hey, as I said, I still think it's just if you ever want to scare the shit out of your players, just Nosferatu. There's nothing they can do about it, but it, it just pops up. He's got a different name. It's in the book. We will save it for the Nosferatu episode. But just yeah. if you have that pop up, and then just be like. You either cite him a note or just say it in the scene and then go, you don't remember this. No, it's just gone. Yeah. So uh, that's Gehenna, according to Blank Bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end of the world. It's the end of the world and the DMCA. Yeah. <sighs> I'm still proud of like labeling the like events. <laughs> I loved sneaking that little reference in for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so that's uh, what are what are my thoughts on uh, the vampire apocalypse? I mean, it sounds like it's gonna be a shitty time. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna suck. When I came into V five and she started talking about this, I'm like, oh no, we're in it. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Oh no, we're yeah. in it. Yeah, so you know, there's going to be people that are like, oh, no, we're fine. It's the same as always. And other people that are like, everything is ending and dinging a cowbell I don't have. And uh, it's the whole swath yeah. in between. So this is a major part of the game. Woo. Or you could be someone like Beckett who's just like, oh, that's weird. It's almost mm-hmm. like, uh, oh, who's the real world um, prophecist that people still think? Yeah, like Nostradamus where they're just like, Oh, a great city will rise and then fall to the. Well, I don't give a shit about his prophecies, but like we're still today picking up people who think those are still happening and that we're like three fourths of the way oh, through. Yeah. And, and like, there's people that do the Bible code thing where they like translate the entire Bible back into Hebrew and then lay it out as a tech, like a single document where like they take away all the spacings and indents and whatever. And then they're basically like control F searching things and finding prophecies quote unquote in the bible text it's uh at, at, at that point i'm just like man could i just find some lady who's gonna like shake some bones in a cup and <laughs> it, it reminds me of i know it's one of your favorite movies but the uh jewish um orthodox mysticists from um oh pie yeah pie. From oh pie. pie is great uh, yeah. i love that movie who are it's doing so like holy math with the their the text. Torah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was super cool. There, are, there are a lot of real world prophecy things you could throw in this, and your opinions on at least I'm sure one of these things I've mentioned you think is bullshit. So, um, yeah, and there's yeah. tons of cult material now that you can take this and just fucking go. Yeah, well, what I was gonna say is like it could be very fun to also have a game where it it seems like these prophecies are about to come true. And your players are like, well, that's not, that's bullshit. But the city's like, freaking out. Like, oh God, the, like, he is going to awaken and destroy us specifically, and we need to do something about this. And you're like, yeah, but I'm more worried about like my business out at the docks. This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of on like interpretation and whatnot, uh, I can say when I put this script together, we went with, again, we stated Book of Nod, Gehenna, 
Eurydice's fragments from most of like the prophecies, there are so much more. There are there are prophecies from the Dark Ages that were not even mentioned. You can make yours up. You can check more. We, as we said, we do not have time for another fucking two-hour episode. Me and Sarah could not list every single one. So if you want more end-time prophecies, let us know. Uh, we exist on Twitter at blank underscore bodies. Uh, we're also on Instagram at blank bodies pod. Uh, I fixed the TikTok. So we're at Blank Bodies Podcast. If you want to at us for questions, uh, duets. (laughs) Duets, we're going to sing with you. Hell yeah. Uh, Stitch, whatever. Yeah, We we wish to interact and share gaming things with the youths. And I post like glitch art and stuff. I'm going to do more of that on there as well as on the Instagram and Twitter. Um, And if you like today's episode, it'd really uh, help us out if you give it a rating, a like, a share. Share it to the relevant communities, but don't spam it. Um, we really appreciate that kind of thing. Yeah, we got tiers. We are fixing up uh, the $10 and up tiers to get some extra goodie notes. On Patreon. Yep, on the on Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, basically, so you're just curious about the amount of dumb bullshit research uh, we all do for this podcast. We're going to share it now. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to finish fixing up the citations on our master research list. So if you just want to find every book, every article, every video that we've mentioned uh, up until the dates that will be on the master document list. Yep. Have at it. <laughs> you can look at our sources now. Yay. Yeah, because when we're putting these scripts together, um, a lot of times we'll have page notes for ourselves to reference while we're writing these out. And so we don't always end up reading them on the episode. But um, if you would be interested in having like page references and stuff in to our episodes while you're listening, um, we're going to be releasing that. So if you can actually hit your GM or your players with an um, action, I'm actually on page da 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 in the core book. I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Also, if you're a dumbass like me, you could just go through the script going, oh yeah, it was on this page and just copy paste that and make your own mm-hmm. notes for, <laughs> oh yeah, the predator types are on this page. Useful. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we also do an interview series, uh, blank bodies at Gmail. If you want to be part of that, uh, regardless of, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Vampire the Masquerade. Are you just doing cool horror shit? Are you doing cool gaming shit? Do you do music that's like spooky and atmospheric? Do you do art, cosplay, LARP? Do you do vampire things? Are you a vampire? They keep Hit us up. They're not. You know, we'll find we'll find somebody who lives that life. Uh, experiment sixty-two. Thank you, Paralyze, for the music. I have a couple stories yes. for you guys that I need to tell oh, you. Oh shit! Story. Yeah. Thank you, Paralyze, for music. Story time. So check this out. Recently, two entirely terrifying things have happened near my apartment. Oh, no. Yeah. So a lady friend was over. We're hanging out. It's time for her to go home. I walk her out to the car because it's a rough neighborhood. It's traveling groups when you can, you know. Yeah. And we're walking out, and there's like, looks like like a black and mild ash on the steps. And I'm like, damn, I wish people would at least step outside. Like, it's nice. Yeah. Don't smoke in here. Don't leave your ash on the steps. But we're walking down, and one of the neighbors opens the door and goes, hey, did you see those guys? And we're like, what guys? What are you talking about? He's like, there were some guys out here on the steps. And we're like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, oh, uh, well, there were a few guys here, and, like, one of them had, like, a rifle, like an assault rifle, and the other two had, like, handguns with, like, ex- like big extended magazines, and they're sitting here, and they were talking to the dude that was sitting on the steps. And, yeah, we called the cops, but we don't really know what's going on, so be careful when you're out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there are peeps with, like, 
Guns. High caliber rifles. Guns. <laughs> Walking around the neighborhood just with them out. Um, and then to confirm that while um, she was in her car getting ready to leave, like five, six cops walked up on her. Like, <gasps> yeah, one of them had a shotgun. Like they yeah. were going. Hacking. Yeah. They, so they stopped her and were like, hey, did you see these guys like with rifles, blah, blah, blah. She said, no, my boyfriend lives over there. But one of the neighbors told us about it. So that was scary. Yeah, that sucks. That was a couple weeks ago. That's spoopy. Yeah, uh, and then like uh, a week ago-ish, no, it was this week. It was this week. Um, I was taking the dogs out on a walk, you know, like 6 a.m., super duper early. Sun is still not existing. It was quite dark. And uh, we walk, and then I was, we, we usually walk to a certain point in this park, turn around this park bench and walk back. But mm-hmm. I was like not feeling it. So we cut our walk a little bit short, and the dogs were kind of pulling me. And I was like, no, come on, come on. And we got like 20 or 30 feet past that and there's this car that just kind of slowly stops like maybe a hundred ish feet away from me. And then I keep walking. I'm like, that's weird. Whatever. People stop all the time. It's very well, like it's, it's a good possibility. It's sex work, even at six in the morning. And, uh, we get past these trees and I hear this pop and I look around and there is somebody's like, just a little bit of something poking out of this car. And then I hear pop, 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 pop. And there's just like, I see muzzle flashes. Oh, God. And I was like, what the fuck? It, I probably looked insane because I immediately grabbed the dog's leashes and like lifted them up super high so there's no slack. And then I like crab walked away from it because I was like trying to squat and like, you know, get down away from it. Yeah, it was scary though. So yeah. if you could support us on Patreon <laughs> just for $5 a day, you can sponsor an Experiment 626 moving to a safer location for better studies. Uh, anyway, isn't that, isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah, so if, you're, if your party's worrying about breaking the masquerade with a little gunplay. Yeah, you don't have to really worry about it. You'll just scare the person walking their dog and they'll be like, go to work like, you'll never fucking guess what happened today. Oh, God. Okay, well, on that note, goodbye. Thanks, Paralyzed. Thanks, Paralyzed. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'll see you later, brother. Brother? See you, little brother. Please see you, little brother. Bye!